0: this influencer is wearing this garment online in the virtual space. Millions and millions of people saw her wearing that garment online. And then she never wore it in real life. But anyway, what is the difference? Because we are creating our online identities in such a way that it's anyway uh, a fabrication of who we are.
1: Fashion Forum, a series brought to you by the British Fashion Council, aimed at creating positive change and highlighting the relationship between the creative industries, celebrating not only fashion designers, but the broader creative community. I'm Amanda Costco, a journalist and founder of Electric Runway, a platform that chronicles the progression of technology in the fashion industry and... Today, the host of this episode talking about all things to do with fashion and the metaverse. You know, this is a topic that has come up at various panels, conferences, articles that you see on the internet. Seems the metaverse has been a buzzword for a few years now. And I'm joined today by two guests to really unpack what this means. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves in just a moment and also answer Why fashion? So why did you choose fashion? As well as how fashion? How did you get into the industry? And I'm going to go first. So why fashion? I don't really feel like I chose fashion. I feel like fashion chose me. And how fashion? I got into the industry because I grew up in it. My grandfather was a tailor. My grandmother was a seamstress. They met at the Tip Top Tailor Building, which is here in Toronto's manufacturing center. And they went on to have their own men's clothing store. And so, you know, intergenerational immigrant family. I was raised a lot by my grandparents. I spent so many years growing up in the back of their store, like tinkering with the mannequins and the scraps of fabric. And it was never something I really set out to do. I studied journalism and meant to work in the world of ideas, but fashion just kept coming back. And so that's how I um, got into the industry. Damara, I'd love to hear your why and
2: how hello everyone my name is damar ingles i'm a metaverse designer and strategist with a focus on digital fashion and post-digital artisanship a lot of my practice focused on intersectional digitization which is basically making sense of my own identity as a black african queer woman in the metaverse and in the diaspora well why fashion I think I'm a little bit in the middle. I think fashion chose me as well. From a very young age, I understood that fashion is sort of a silent letter that we write to society and that people sort of read to the different signs of who we are through how we represent ourselves. So I always loved the emancipatory and expressive value of the fashion industry, And what it means to the people that wear fashion and that design fashion as well. I also come from a long lineage of seamstress. And I find it quite poetic that a couple of generations later, I'm a digital seamstress.
0: My name is Amber J. Slotin, and I am co-founder and creative director of The Fabricant, which is a digital-only fashion house. Uh, We create collections that are always digital and never, ever physical. And with that, we try to redefine what fashion means in digital age. Why fashion? As a young child, I always loved dressing up. My mom was also in fashion. She worked in a store. And then my aunt is also a fashion designer. So, of course, it's also running in the family a little bit. But next to that, I'm really just obsessed with exploring what identity means. And I've always done that from a very young age, even in digital worlds. And how fashion, at some point, I started to think I would love to do something with this. And uh, that's how I got into fashion, the traditional route. So I went to fashion school to study fashion design, But in the end, I didn't really agree with the practices there, so ended up creating my own path using digital tools and and graduate with a digital only collection as the first graduate, which was very strange because nobody really supported it. But in the end, I did get a lot of people around me that actually believed in the idea. Because in 2018, a lot of people thought that digital fashion was for absolute crazy people. (laughs) And I always like to be a crazy person because this means, you know, you get to redefine things and not do the way, do the things the way they are. And I think um, that's to me always very exciting. So. Very lucky that I was able to find the right people to align with me to start the fabric in 2018. Fantastic.
1: Well, thank you both so much for joining. As I mentioned earlier, the metaverse has been a buzzword of 2022 and beyond with Facebook Now Meta, kickstarting rumblings at the end of 2021. And even before that, we were talking about it on Clubhouse. It seems like, as I said, almost every fashion conference, panel discussion, podcast has spotlighted the metaverse, NFTs, Web3, and other innovations within them. So of course, we have to cover this topic within this season on fashion form. And while the three of us have been working in digital fashion for a long time before these terms evolved and were household words for us, there are so many definitions and understandings of what each term means. So I thought we'd start by... I'll throw out a layman's definition of a term, and then you as the experts can help me perhaps color it in a little bit more. So if we're talking about the metaverse, one of the questions that seems to be debated, is there one metaverse? Is Roblox a metaverse or is it part of the metaverse? Amber, do you have thoughts?
0: Like For me, it is all different places where we can go. So. I think you can define it across different terms. But for me, what it really resonates to is the fact that our social media platforms are ways to connect with each other. So this is a place where we can observe our friends, share what we want to share and connect to each other. And I think the metaverse is a natural alteration of that, where we are going into a virtual space to be able to connect to each other. Whether this is in a space like Instagram where you can share your pictures, which is more 2D Web2 interface, but it can also be a real full-blown virtual world like Fortnite, etc., where you can play games or Roblox, where you can actually meet each other and connect to each other. So I believe there's not one, but there's multiple places you can go. And a lot of people... We can also say that that is just one place that that is going to be built that we will all meet in. But this is up to be defined because we don't know yet. So I think for now, I would define it as multiple places that we can go to and visit wherever we want to go
1: yeah it seems that the ready player one vision of the metaverse is obviously this fully immersive space that as you enter it and then you, there's a clear exit but it seems like there are many on-ramps to the metaverse Demara, i'd love to know do you consider instagram a metaverse of sorts
2: how are you thinking about this Oh my God. Uh, I think that normally when we talk about or when we speak about the metaverse, people just imagine this web three hyper immersive avatar uh, sort of environments. But the reality is that what makes a social media environment immersive is not the fact that it's 360, it's not the fact that you have an avatar of yourself but it's the co-presence right what makes any experience immersive is the fact that you share it with other players that you have sort of a common goal together is the fact that your actions inside that space are sort of generated based on the expectation of that environment. And in that sense, yes, of course, um, Instagram is hyper immersive, right? But I definitely do agree with Amber. I don't think that there is one single metaverse, I think that the metaverse is a spectrum of interaction with technology. While some people are in the very beginning of the metaverse experience, which I would consider spaces like Instagram to be sort of on a scale of zero to seven of metaverse, I would consider Instagram maybe a two or a three, whilst I would consider virtual reality environment as a seven or a more immersive way of of interacting with the metaverse. So NFTs, obviously non-fungible
1: tokens, we've heard this over and over and over, but specifically when we're talking about fashion and art, if you were explaining to someone who walked by you on the street what an NFT is and they had no idea
2: how would you frame it? Oh, my God, that's a spicy question. I think that in a very technical level, you know, an NFT is a non-fungible token that uh, you cannot alter. You can only you exchange with other people and purchase. It's included in the system of transparency where you can see from the person that posted that art piece, for example, to the person that purchased it, to the person that will purchase it 10 years from now. So you can really see the... Lifetime and the life story of your digital asset. But as a digital creative, for me, the NFT is simply the ability to have my signature in my artwork so that it has a value, right? So if we think about a Picasso or a Van Gogh that is no signed, the value of that painting decreases a lot. So the idea of NFT for me is to give that value to digital art. It's just a new way of acknowledging digital art as authorship, as something that is designed by someone that is not simply copied and pasted. Fantastic.
1: And there's the element of ownership and of attribution, but there's also a utility element. And Amber, your earrings, they're digital. And you were mentioning that uh, the fabricant is actually going to be releasing some digital filters that you buy as NFTs and that gives you access to the filters. So talk a little bit about maybe the utility side of NFTs.
0: The most exciting thing is that now when you actually own one of these NFTs, you can do something with that. So it's not just giving you ownership, but it's also giving you ways to use it in different types of ways. So your NFT is like unique to you. When you buy that, that is yours and nobody else can have that. Otherwise, it would be a fungible token, uh, which you could switch for other tokens. And I think the amazing thing of this NFT use case is that you can suddenly go into different places where your asset can have different type of values for different types of places. So if you own one pair of earrings, you would be able to wear them in calls, but you could also have the translation for different metaverses where you can wear them. So each of these can be interlinked. And then when you buy this one pair, you can wear them in different kinds of spaces. And that's what a lot of people are currently building. But it could also be that you wear it on a picture, for instance, and you wear it in another space. So the only thing that you can't really wear it in is in real life until we get like glasses or lenses uh, with which we can see digital objects in physical space. But this is also in the making. So There's a lot of really exciting use cases for using digital fashion. And I think another thing to keep in mind, when you design an item digitally and you create an NFT for it, you can program it as well. So next to the fact that you can use it in different spaces, you can also program, for instance, the life of this NFT. So for instance, if you would want to say, I only want this to exist for a couple of months... You could program that into the smart contract so the nft will destroy itself in the the amount of time so not just you know playing with the idea of 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 scarcity digital fashion and nfts can actually create a new way of designing uh, with time instead of designing with uh, materials you could actually program things into the nft that will reveal themselves later which to me as a designer is extremely exciting because this is a very cool storytelling tool that we as designers haven't really explored as much yet. I love that. So cryptocurrency,
1: I mean, (laughs) obviously it's been a crazy last three years for cryptocurrency. It's been up, it's been down. Uh, So people that don't understand cryptocurrency, they probably heard about it before. It's essentially a digital currency, um, but why do we need it in a fashion context? I mean, full disclosure, I don't have a crypto wallet, but if I have to get a crypto wallet to buy those earrings, Amber, you better believe I'm going to get one. So I think that for most people who aren't crypto enthusiasts, there hasn't been the need really to go and and purchase crypto to go and get involved in this world. I know that designers like Rebecca Minkoff are trying to encourage more women to get involved in this space. But I think we can all agree is a digital currency. Is there something that either of you'd like to add to that definition?
2: I mean, if we talk about the metaverse, right, as an extension of The universe or the multiverse that we exist in, uh, we have physical money to purchase physical goods in our physical reality. So cryptocurrency basically allows you to have, you know, digital money to buy digital goods in a digital reality. And sometimes it allows you to buy physical goods for the physical reality and vice versa. When we talk about the metaverse, one of the biggest challenges of digital fashion being, you know, fully sustainable or a potential project of fashion sustainability is if we really tackle the issue of the crypto currencies and the NFT and the blockchain and etc. There are already some um, NFT ecosystems that are very uh, sustainable, like the Edira ecosystem that is carbon negative and the palm.io system that is carbon neutral as well. And I would also like to add that you don't necessarily need to buy crypto to have access to digital fashion. There are digital fashion houses that you can purchase their goods uh, with normal currencies. So the idea is that we make digital fashion as inclusive as possible so people from different walks of life can get into this
0: space. What's extremely important is to realize that we've now always had centralized uh, money systems where a company is in charge of our money and we are not in charge of our own resources and our own assets. And what cryptocurrency really allows us to do is have this universal language of money, which we can use all over the world. So it's not like we have to exchange our dollars you know, for euros and it takes ages to transfer money. Now, suddenly we have this system where from all over the world, if you have Internet access, you can send money. And this gives also agency back to the people themselves. So it's really this self-sovereignty. Next to that, I think uh, that it is really necessary to let creativity flourish again and give the ownership back to the people who really want to create their own living and create their own um, uh, operations with using this kind of money.
1: Interesting. So Web 3, I think this is, again, is a definition like the metaverse where we're not really sure if we're there yet. How will we know when we arrive? Um, My personal perspective is that Web 3 is just an extension of Web 2 and there are going to be shades of gradient to getting towards this uh, more uh, like metaverse type experience. And augmented reality is certainly on that spectrum. Uh, How are you thinking about Web 3, Tamara?
2: I see the Web3 definitely as an extension of Web2, but I would say that also as, let's say, a critical extension of Web3. I see that Web3 is trying to resolve some of the problems uh, from web two, like centralization, for example. I feel like Web3 is maybe more all hands on deck in a way. It's more like we are all building this new layer of the internet together, and we can contribute to it in different ways, right? Being it via a WhatsApp sticker, um, a augmented reality filter, a virtual reality experience. A Discord channel, designing a video game. Whilst in Web 2, I think that, for example, from my experience, I was more of a passive user. And in Web 3, I'm more of an active speaker and more of an active builder as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. Just a simple way I always think about it, and which is something that has really been used widely by a lot of people, is that Web 1 was really read. So it was Wikipedia, you know, all these places where you can just go and read things web two was read and write which is really about you are going on a page and actually you're also interacting with it so you're putting your own content into the page as well and there's an interaction between you and the internet and the people around you and then web three is read write and own so the next step is really to own your assets to own your identity to own everything that you have to do with this kind of network and to me That is the clearest definition that I've heard about Web3, which is also quite simple to, to understand, hopefully, for most people listening.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, the community-owned aspect is very important to Web3 communities. Over the last 12 months or so, we've seen fashion businesses experiment in the digital space under this umbrella of the metaverse, whether it's fashion shows taking place in the metaverse, as we saw in Decentraland in March 2022, when they hosted the first metaverse fashion week, um, where we had established houses like Etro and Ellie Saab join, as well as independent brands like Aurora Boris and Gary James McQueen, um, or even Gucci's ongoing Innovations in the digital space. I'd love to talk about the best examples of fashion in the metaverse that you've seen so far. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll start. I think that for me, the iridescence dress from the fabricant Amber was the first real kind of head turning moment where, uh, you know, if you want to talk about dresses that change history, um, that was the first one because it was sold on the blockchain. It was bought with cryptocurrency. It was beautiful. Like you had to look at it, you had to talk about it and it didn't actually exist. So that really, for me, opened my mind about what digital fashion could be.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for the beautiful words. I think uh, for us, this was also like a really crazy moment. I remember also a lot of people being angry uh, because they really didn't like it. And they thought, is this what the world has come to? That's just awful. that like, we pay money for something that doesn't exist. and you know in in a way this this made me also think of like what's the value of items like for a lot of designer goods you're paying a lot of money for a made up construct which is a brand a brand so yeah. you're not paying yeah you're not actually paying for the for the raw materials also a little bit but it's not as expensive to produce this item you're paying a lot of money to be a part of that brand which is also ephemeral. When we saw the first major brand jump was really when we had this uh, Balenciaga game, which you could really go into and see all of the items. And obviously there's a lot of things to say about this, but I do feel like that was also quite a defining moment uh, where you could actually go into a space, interact with the brand and the fashion show was the same for everyone, which is something that I always loved seeing and saying because I believe that anybody should be able to be front row. Nobody should be left out. And that's what really digital Digital has the power to create that. It has the power to create these levels of storytelling that you are also immersed into just as much as some really important celebrity that normally sits on the front row. But now it's just right next to you um, doing the same experience. And that's leveling the playing field, let's say. And that's why I love crypto in the digital world so much is because it's creating more of that Yeah, absolutely. And what I think is different, though, is
1: the digitization of the fashion industry has always been a little bit more on the back end. So we've been using digital tools to design. But in terms of presenting digitally, the Valenciaga experience that you mentioned, what was cool about that was that it was made for VR and Unreal Engine, but you could access it on a web browser. And I think that anytime we have... Evolutions in technology, our access to anything, really, but especially with fashion, increases. So we're seeing a leveling of the playing field, as you mentioned, Amber, for consumers of fashion. Hanifa's Pink Label Congo Collection, which was a collection for me that really hit home, how digital fashion can be used to present. Tamara, I'd love to know how this all hit home for you and when you really realized that this space was going to take off the
2: way it did. Amber is completely right. You know, in 2018, 2019, everyone was saying, you know, digital fashion is for crazy people. Why are you on something that doesn't exist? What's the point of dressing yourself digitally? Are you going to walk around naked and wearing, you know, imaginary digital fashion? And now we're starting to realize that, I mean, anything that takes time to be produced and takes time to be purchased and worn by theory exists it's present and it's there it only depends on the reality that we are you are interacting with in relation to that hanifa uh, collection it was one of my favorite digital fashion moments especially because it was in 2020 so it was in that moment where digital fashion was starting to be taken seriously but it was also a moment when we saw the reality that any new technology is sort of dominated by people that are hyper-privileged to have early access to it and what I loved about the Hanifa collection is that it's of course an African woman, a woman of color and the fact that the silhouette of those transparent Bodies was obviously a voluptuous silhouette, so you really see that point of view being taken across in that moment. Um, really bring you know the cultural flag into the moon of the metaverse that we were about to enter. One of my absolute favorite NFTs ever is the baby Birkin that was not created by Hermes, but it's a beautiful example of how you can really put a poetry and emotion into fashion NFTs, which I think that the industry is failing at miserably. All right. The fashion industry is very focused on digital twins replicating what already exists. They say that it's a sustainable alternative, but in reality, it's just another layer of consumption.
1: Yeah, I think the example of the Birkin bag is so salient and also kind of case study in why brands should be prepared for the metaverse because of course this bag was not created by Hermes it was created by someone who thought that they were remixing um, what is a beloved bag and bringing it into the metaverse and then of course recently we just saw that Hermes has filed for all of these uh, patents and they got in a big lawsuit with the creator so uh, it just goes to show what a wild wild west this is and as an industry in terms of regulation and there's a lot of uh, space to be claimed But I want to go back to something you said earlier, Damara, about how uh, we used to think of digital fashion as like, it doesn't exist. And that reminds me of something that um, Bennett Pagoto from Artifact said, and he said, after the cyber sneaker was released and circulated all over the internet, uh, he said, you know, if something exists on the internet and millions of people have seen it, doesn't that make it real? And it was a kind of moment for me when I heard him say that, that I was like, you know, he's got a point to that. And it's not to say that these sneakers are like fake news or anything, but just the idea that we are all so plugged in and immersed on the internet already. And so we've all seen something and it might not have a digital twin or a physical copy in quote unquote real life, but those things are blending. And isn't it interesting that, you know, shortly afterwards artifact the company that produced the cyber sneaker was then acquired by Nike who then went on to sell a bunch of digital assets and they're leading in terms of uh, the amount that they can sell of
0: these uh, digital goods. Yeah, I think you know this is a really valid point as well when he, when we released this iridescent dress I think one of the things that I said around it was like that this influencer is wearing this garment online in the virtual space millions and millions of people saw her wearing that garment online and then she never wore it in real life but anyway what is the difference because we are creating our online identities in such a way that it's anyway uh, a fabrication of who we are we are very different from the personas that we are online you know in a way we try to show ourselves but obviously we don't show everything of ourselves one thing to keep in mind is that know all these influencer marketing things where brands are sending physical products to people like a physical product to send to them in uh, a virtual space you know uh, that you then you know upload your picture again to share that with your community it's just such a weird construct you know where i feel like if it would just all be digital it would be so much easier and so much better for the planet too
1: yeah so in a way the the clothes and instagram itself as a tool for influence is Digital, anyways, right? Like you're not actually seeing that influencer in real life most of the time. So, New York Fashion Week just took place and there was a lot of uh, tech and digital, whether you're talking about Snapchat teaming up with Vogue to release augmented reality filters, Tommy Hilfiger had a show that was basically giving out NFTs to everybody and it was shown um, in parallel online on streaming platforms as well as in Roblox. We had Zero 10 and Crosby Studios doing a digital only pop up. Um, Bloomingdale's had a virtual world. Puma had a virtual world. So there was just like all of this stuff going on. It seemed like it reminded me of back in my early days of covering uh technology and fashion when fitbit was the fitbit and um alexa were the main sponsors of fashion week and like they sent models down the runway wearing like google glass and things like that this is back you know when wearables were the hot topic it seems like this fashion week was a pivotal one in the sense that there was so much digital happening um Do you think it's just because that's the thing of the moment and it's a a big marketing campaign, or do you think that there's going to be some stickiness to this moving
2: on? It's a little bit of both. I think it's definitely because it's a trend. That's what the fashion industry does. But at the same time, It's a trend that is here to stay and become an essential reality, right? Because the internet is not going, the internet is not going back. Technological progress is not going back as well. We are talking about Gen Zs and Gen Alphas that were basically born with iPhones in their hands to whom their digital identity and expression is crucial, if even not more crucial than their real life identity, right? If I speak with my nephew, he grew up wearing uniforms all of his life and he got his sense of style from roblox from a drop that he bought between gucci and a different brand at a time and he started started wearing the drip and now he sort of bled into his in real life character you know he has like the same sense of style as his roblox character so we're starting to see a really merging and interchange between the digital and the physical identity where it's not a binary anymore.
0: Adding to that, I think a lot of brands need to rethink the way they interact with their consumer. So instead of it being um, a fact that you are just passively consuming, what Web3 really allows for is this authentic new communication that we can all um, have together, in which a brand can actually start co-creating with the people that buy the brand and the people that buy the brand can actually become also co-owners of the brand. So what digital fashion allows for is that you, if you tokenize your entire brand, you, the brand success will also become the success of the people who buy the brand. So if, for instance, uh, Louis Vuitton would be a Web3 brand and you would buy a Louis Vuitton digital bag, you know, if the. company does well you would also get a a better value for your bag and you would actually get a lot of uh, rewards for joining them and being a part of this community and you're basically co-owning that brand and what it also allows for is opening up uh, the possibility of more sharing more um changing of uh, the design, altering of the design together with your community. So one thing that a lot of brands are not used to is uh, sharing things because everybody is so secretive and it's all like, oh no, I do my own thing and nobody can know what I'm doing. And that's how we learned it in fashion school, right? It's like, you're you're your own designer and you cannot share your things with your uh, classmate because you know they'll steal it from you. But actually it's a whole different ball game in the digital world because you actually want to share resources. You want to create these things together. And um, that will give you a whole new perspective on what fashion means. So we get to redefine that. And I think a lot of brands will have to adhere to this type of uh, values for them to become successful in this new digital industry
1: yeah i agree with you amber and i think that the brands that are doing really well are the ones that are embracing the community the ones that are just using it as a marketing play from a journalistic perspective i get uh, you know so many emails every day saying this brand just dropped an nft this drop brand is you know launching their own currency this brand did an nft and it's like well great it's not really newsworthy anymore if you're doing an nft so the whole marketing gimmick of it is kind of going away now what can you do with that nft what are the use cases you unlock an experience and augmented reality. You can, you know, buy into the physical collection, perhaps, or whatever you can do with that. That's actually the story, and the community is contributing back to that so much, and uh, that's where I see the real value. Because as I said, like the pitches, like this brand launched an NFT. It's not, um, it's not interesting anymore uh, in and of
2: itself. So there really has to be that value there. In this moment, the metaverse, again, we are in the beta version. So it's not about numbers, numbers, numbers. It's not about selling, selling, selling. I think it's about emotion, connection, and bringing back those core values that made your brand survive for so long.
1: Preach.
2: Yeah, (laughs) preach, Jesus. (laughs)
1: Well, thank you both so much for adding nuance to the conversation. There's definitely a lot to think about whether you're an emerging fashion designer, somebody who is in the business of fashion. Uh, that's been very helpful. Uh, we've come to the end of our conversation, but before we we go, we've all shared how and why fashion. I would like to know now fashion. So what does fashion mean now or what is the future of fashion? Amber, would you like to go
0: first? To me, the future of fashion is really where we can all participate and we can all co-create and it can become something where we can create these kind of stories together. So we exchange ideas, we exchange knowledge, but without um, necessarily copying it from one another, but actually interacting with each other. So if a young student wants to interact with a brand, you're able to, because you're able to design together. And to me, that is the most exciting part where we're able to start remixing cultures again by still giving the credit to every single person and who is involved, but then creating things together, because how amazing is it to mix cultures, right? Um, So to me, that is also a beautiful thing that we should be continuing doing, um, uh, and that uh, this new Web3 space allows us to do, which to me creates a very exciting, new creative palette that we can still explore, um, which can go beyond the physical reality. Um, Yeah, totally.
2: I think that one of my biggest fears in the sense is that the fashion industry will have the same fate as the meat industry is having, right? No one in the 60s, 70s in the meat industry thought that people would stop eating meat. And now suddenly, if we look at millennials, at Gen Zs and Gen Alphas, we see that the amount of meat being eaten is shrinking and shrinking because these people are growing up watching the practices of the meat industry, being critical of these practices and saying, I do not want blood in my hands. And what is happening now is that the new generations are being educated about the fashion industry practices, about the issues with the supply chain, about the issues with modern slavery, about the issues of taking advantage of technologically developing countries. And these people will also say, I do not want this blood in my hands. And I think that the digital is a great opportunity for that. Again, to add that layer of emotion, that layer of goosebumps that create that intrinsic connection between a person and what they are wearing and how they feel protected while they're wearing that piece. Um, So that's the notion for me of fashion now. Fashion in the future for me is a 100% hybrid. Owning a physical piece of fashion that is the hardware of your fashion experience and then having a lot of different augmented reality and even virtual experiences that you can achieve through that one analog piece of fashion hardware. And I definitely agree with Amber. I think that remissing cultures is one of the most exciting things ever. but We also know that normally the remixing of cultures comes from cultural appropriation and from the main appropriator, that is, you know, the Western-centric aesthetic in a way that sort of consumes and remixes other cultures from the gaze of exoticism. And I think that, again, digital fashion and digital spaces where these conversations can be had safely is what allows people to feel comfortable with remixing their cultures with other people. So we're not talking about cultural appropriation. We're talking about Mutual culture appreciation and co creation, which I think it's Web3 across the board, right? Is I create this blazer, you add the logo, the other person adds another element, another person adds something else, and suddenly I have a blazer that represents like a letter with the, the stamps of countries all over the world, but each stamp was made by an agent of that culture. And I think that that's when we will start to see a fashion industry that is not just diverse in terms of models in the catwalk and influencers wearing fashion, but it will be truly diverse in terms of cultural narrative.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we look to music, we can see that that's already happening. And I, I think that fashion in a way sort of follows music and the sounds that we're getting out of the next generation of creators are just incredible. And for me, the future of fashion is augmented and it is returning to this sense of fantasy. There's nothing like sitting on a, a, you know, at a runway show and the lights go up. I've got the same visceral reaction from trying on certain augmented reality filters where you feel like you're stepping into it rather than just uh, watching on the sidelines. So, It it is an exciting future. And as someone who's been dedicated to covering specifically this space, I'm never short of different stories to tell. So thank you both for that. Thank you so much, uh, Amber Chase Bluton and Tamara Inglis, for joining us for this conversation. Once again, I'm Amanda Costco, and you have been listening to the BFC Fashion Forum. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend. And if you want to discuss further, drop your comments at British Fashion Council on Instagram.